Duane Miller, Clinical Nurse Specialist, Lead for Waste and Sustainability, ICU, the Alfred Hospital, Melbourne. Environmental sustainability was never something of a high priority in the Alfred's intensive care unit. Over the past five years, the Alfred's ICU, through its green team, has changed this culture with great success. Through staff empowerment, education, communication, and creativity, they've achieved a 50% cut in waste, clinical waste, a recycling rate of 22%, and a 28% reduction in printing paper. Environmental sustainability, then. And uh, Duane Miller is the lead for waste and sustainability and a clinical nurse specialist in the Alfred's intensive care unit in Victoria, as I've said previously. After finishing his critical care studies, Duane formed a green team within his department and over the past five years has embarked on the challenge of changing their wasteful culture with impressive results. He looks forward to sharing their achievement and how they got there with you. So now, so let's give Dwayne a clap. He's going to present on an amazing topic. There you go, Dwayne. Thanks, Janet. It's great to be here. Um, today I'll be taking you through some of the significant environmental sustainability changes that we've managed in our ICU. And uh, I'm really proud of the work we've been able to do. Uh, I'll also be talking about the cultural shift that we've uh, achieved as well. Feel free to steal as many of these ideas as you like. Uh, if your memory is as bad as mine, you might want to write some of these down. I love where I work. Uh, on a regular day, we have about 38 critically ill patients requiring life-saving interventions. Our nurses work meticulously to achieve patient goals. Our doctors busy themselves with life-altering decisions. Our orderlies are always on hand to help us turn our patients, clean our cubicles, and allow us to take more admissions. And our ward clerks are experts at greeting distressed patients' families with kindness and compassion. Patients' families often comment that it feels like they're walking into a spaceship with all its technology, bells, and whistles. And I feel like we perform like a spaceship crew too. But Houston, we have a problem. There was the dark and dirty side of the great work that was never discussed. It was the 2,000 single-use styrofoam cups that we sent to landfill each week, and the 320 cubicle bin changes each day. It was the mountains of uncollected printing paper that was piling up and driving the ward clerks mad. This wasteful practice was how it always was, and this cult, uh, careless culture was deeply ingrained. We didn't learn about waste management and environmental sustainability in our nursing training. We were taught to be critical thinkers, but this was not a subject we were taught to think critically about. And the byproduct of all our amazing work was an environmental disaster. We started our sustainability work in 2013 and it didn't take long to turn this ship around. Uh, all the wins I'm about to share with you uh, were achieved with no formal budget. So if you feel like that's a barrier for you, uh, it doesn't need to be. Enemy number one, those styrofoam cups are long gone from our staff room. We've replaced them with reusable mugs, keep cups and personal water bottles. Cut our printing paper by 28% and that was as easy as switching on double-sided printers default. So that's a, a nice low-hanging fruit, easy win. As Janet mentioned, we uh, managed to cut our clinical waste by 50% and that was through correct segregation education uh, with a saving of about 36,000 over three years. 
And we've been able to double our recycling to almost a quarter of all waste produced in ICU. So we have uh, 40, it's a 45 cubicle unit and we have recycling tubs in all 45 of our cubicles. Uh, we recycle 45 tonnes per year, which is very easy math. So uh, one tonne per cubicle, which is about the weight of two grizzly bears per bed space. Recycling, as you can see, is now our second largest stream after landfill waste, and it's larger than both our clinical waste and cytotoxics combined. As I mentioned, we've achieved all this with no formal budget. So unfortunately, there were no bags of cash lying around for this work, and I think that's a huge achievement. Uh, We've been able to use the existing resources within the hospital and the creativity of some of our staff. One example of this creativity is how we got the 45 recycling tubs in the cubicles uh, without spending an extra cent. So within the ICU, we uh, put patients onto a device called ECMO, uh, which allows us, it's the bedside uh, heart-lung bypass machine. It allows us to rest the patient's heart and lungs. And we found that, uh, I got a call from one of our green team members and she was like, I think I found our recycling tubs, uh, these bins, how are we going to find 45 bins? And basically our ECMO circuits come in this beautiful plastic tub from the company. Um, before we started collecting those, they probably went straight to landfill and that was the end of their life cycle. Uh, but we started collecting them as we put patients onto ECMO, which is something we don't wish on anybody. Uh, it took us about a year but it allowed us to do a staged rollout of recycling in our three different areas. We have 45 beds broken up into uh, 15 pods. Um, yeah, so there's definitely plenty that can be achieve, achieved, and in fact, all of our achievements have been done with no formal budget. Finally, and most importantly, is that we've achieved uh, a great culture change. So at first, we were the freaks and the weirdos, uh, but we kept going, we were those tree-hugging hippies. Uh, and now it's to a point where if you're not playing your part, then you're the odd one out, which is great. Waste and sustainability is embedded in our unit. We have uh, new starters. It's a big, big unit. We have about 400 staff. Um, and we have new staff start each month. And we've been able to incorporate waste and sustainability and education into their staff orientation day. So we've got 10 minutes where we can sit down, run through the different streams, uh, which I think sets the the tone of uh, their employment there and that this is something, a culture that we uh, really care about. And we've also developed an education calendar that covers all the ICU disciplines from medical, nursing, physios, war clerks and orderlies where we touch base and do little in-services in -services with them. Uh, what's exciting about this culture change is that it's extended beyond the cubicle curtains. Uh, staff have taken me that they, uh, told me that they've taken their learnings home uh, to their kids and their housemates and their partners, which I think is really fantastic. Uh, and it's even spread to the rest of the hospital. So uh, from the work that we've been doing, there's been green teams sprouting up throughout the whole organisation. Our work has created a lot of noise as well. Uh, and it's led to the creation of two new roles within, the, within Alfred Health. Uh, we've just recently employed a Director of Corporate Social Responsibility, and under them uh, is where our new Environmental Sustainability Officer reports to. So we've worked hard at the grassroots level, and that is now uh, being met from the top down, which is fantastic. Um, it's been really exciting to be a part of this change. As I mentioned, our ICU is a beast. We have over 400 staff. Um, so I envy uh, all you units out there that might be smaller than us, because hopefully it's encouraging that if we can do it, then, then you can too. I'm going to go through now uh, how we got there. 
how we got that culture change. And we uh, started small and simple, and we kept it fun and friendly. So as we know, it can be easy uh, to be overwhelmed with the size of change that needs to happen, but it's very easy if you break it down. We went for small, simple wins, that, those low-hanging fruits, and we uh, used that to build momentum and uh, get buy-in from staff. Um, it's really essential to have that momentum uh, when it comes to tackling the bigger, the bigger projects that you want to work on down the track. We formed a small green team, and that was as easy as sending out an email asking for anyone that was interested in this uh, this topic to reply back and we also put up a uh, sign-up sheet in the staff room and uh, started off small but as uh, we got the word out and we really celebrated our wins people became more and more interested and they wanted to join the group. I think Teresa uh, touched on this it's important to get to know your material so we uh, grabbed the hospital's waste management guideline. We also looked at the government policies. The Environment Protection Authority in Victoria has a guideline on this. It's not very good. It's very lots of grey areas. Um, but from these documents, we wrote down rules and principles that were specific to the ICU uh, to cut out the noise. So there's no point, as Teresa said, educating on things that you're not going to see in your area. It just confuses people. Um, the Alfred Health guidelines 15 pages and we managed to cut it down to one page color-coded simple poster um, for the streams in ICU with definitions and examples. There was no need for us to be educating on anatomical limb disposal when we weren't doing amputations. Uh, and it's important to be clear and consistent with education to avoid confusing uh, your staff by changing things up later. Uh, small and simple also meant just asking our staff and we um, we asked our staff and they really set our agenda. We wanted staff to own these changes, uh, so we put it back to them. And it was really simple. Um, we also did this via email, just asked our staff if they had any ideas. Um, one of the other good ideas that we had was to pop a whiteboard up in the staff room and uh, ask staff to contribute some ideas that way. Having it in the staff room was very visual. It started uh, showing staff that we were doing um, we were wanting to make some changes in this area and it had staff discussing it over their meal breaks, they'd be talking about the ideas, oh that's a good one, that's a bad one, oh, I've got an idea, write it up there and uh, we managed to uh, get a lot of the answers uh, from our staff and we empowered them to have a voice. Uh, we were able to see what they had learnt um, elsewhere, what they were doing elsewhere, what they were already doing within their cubicle. Uh, and that really set our agenda. Starting small and simple meant that we uh, thought big, but we started small. Uh, so at the beginning, we had the big vision uh, of a change in culture, and uh, we wanted this to be something that staff always considered. So we have our nursing hat and our environmental steward, uh, stewardship hat. Um, we acknowledged that it was going to take a long time, and I think that took the pressure off. So we always said, this is going to take five years. And it, it actually has taken that long, unfortunately. But um, that really took the pressure off that it's, we can just chip away at it. We don't need to try and get all these things done right now, because you want that culture to be embedded and you want it to last. Uh, so we had a big goal uh, of getting recycling into all our cubicles, but we, wanted to st we had to start smaller than that, because that was just too much for our staff to sort of go in dry and hit them with that. So uh, we already had issues with our uh, current streams, our general waste and our clinical waste, and we decided to try and tidy them up first um, instead of confusing staff by adding another stream when we didn't even have the original one sorted. So we spent about a year on this first uh, 
working on the general waste and the clinical waste segregation, and that was why we were building up these recycling tub stores. Uh, I think improving your clinical waste segregation is a noble place to start. So for our organisation, clinical waste costs five times more than general waste per kilo, and clinical waste environmentally uses more energy and chemicals to process than general waste. So although general waste is going to landfill and it's not great, it is the better alternative to clinical waste, and then once you've got them sorted, then you can start pulling out the recyclables out of the general waste. Um, yeah, we improved the clinical waste first. We cut it by 50%. We had staff engaged, and then we were able to add the extra uh, streams on, like the recycling. Starting small and simple meant that we didn't overwhelm staff with too much change, as we all know nurses have plenty of other things to worry about. This is an example of uh, starting off really small and that it really doesn't have to be big. So. Um, this is basically for our, our patient suction sets. We need a little bit of tubing about this big that we need to connect up from the uh, canister to the wall suction. And we were finding that staff didn't know how long to cut it. So they were cutting up two short pieces, it was wasted, they'd go measure up and have to throw it away. Or they'd cut something really big and it, there was a lot of waste with that. So it was as simple as popping a little suction tubing template there so people could measure it up, get the right amount and uh, not waste anything. So this came from one of our nurses that had been around for a very long time, you know, the ones that know all the tricks, and uh, yes, easy, simple. Uh, small and simple means breaking it down, so um, the chart uh, in front of you represents the diffusion of innovation theory, which seeks to explain the spread of new ideas and change, so change. Uh, and I find this chart very soothing and motivating, especially when uh, things feel really hard. So essentially it shows all of us here in the first section, the purple, the innovators and early adopters. So that's, that's your green champions and your green teams, and that's about 15% of uh, staff within your unit. And in the next section is your early majority, the supporters, that's about 35% of staff, and that's really where your focus needs to be. So you really, if you've got a, a unit that's got 100 people, you really only need to focus on those 35 um, staff, uh, because once you've got them on side, and that's a very manageable chunk, that's, uh, that's when you hit 50%, that critical mass point, and after this, uh, everyone else sort of follows like sheep. Um, once you've reached, uh, yeah, the 85% mark, uh, mark, you've got what you need to sustain the change that you're trying to implement. A warning on the laggards and saboteurs, the last 15%, and I'm sure you'll already know who they are. Uh, you can waste a lot of your time, energy, and precious motivation on these people. Uh, let, them feel let them feel heard by all means, but don't engage. Uh, you'll likely never win these people over, and that's okay, it's 15%. Uh, they can really drag you down and kill your buzz. The second part of uh, how we got this change was fun and friendly. So uh, we kept it fun and friendly, and that's the reason why I'm wearing this ridiculous cape and netball bib. And we uh, did a fashion show out of waste, highlighting all the different waste streams in our unit. Uh, so one of the things we did, keeping it fun and friendly, was we had a no nagging rule. And I know it's hard sometimes because people aren't doing the right thing. Um, but we wanted staff to do this because they wanted to and because we'd inspired them to and not because they feared getting told off by us if we didn't. Uh, so what we found is that if people, uh, if we were telling people off and they feared us, then they'll only do the bare minimum so they don't get in trouble. 
but we wanted people to do it because they were inspired. When we found that people were doing it because they wanted to do it, then they were also innovative and uh, creating, and they were coming up to us with other ideas because they weren't just thinking about uh, what they had to do. They were like, oh, what about this? Um, shall we try this? That kind of thing. Uh, I've got a funny store, a story about... Uh, about this, it's going to make you cringe, but it might make you laugh as well. And this is about the no nagging, uh, no nagging rule we had. So, as I mentioned, we had uh, paper waste reduction of about 28%. Um, we have patient menus come up to our uh, unit every day that awaken eating staff. Uh, we help them fill out the boxes, and then we fax it down to the kitchen so they get what they want for uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And our fax number for the kitchen is 63059. Now, we all know how busy nurses are. One of our nurses, bless her, went to the fax machine, popped in the number, hit go and walked away. You might be starting to think uh, what happened here. She forgot to change it from copy to fax. So 63,059 copies of a menu. Now, luckily, the tray doesn't hold that much. Uh, but this happened last year, and what we did with all those copies was we cut them up into scrap paper for staff to write little notes on and things like that. And this menu is still floating around the unit. Um, so as, as annoying as that was, luckily we'd already sort of implemented some change and reduced our waste. You've just got to... It's an accident. It happened, and we, uh, we had a laugh about it. Uh, so, yeah, it does take, take people a while to break old habits and how we uh, got changed. Instead of nagging them, we just kept up our positive messaging, made it as easy as possible, and removed as many barriers to change. Now, this one's a bit controversial. Uh, so keeping things fun and friendly meant that we rested the doom and gloom. So unfortunately, some people have switched off to the doom and gloom message of climate change. And how we got around that was highlighting the positive benefits of the change that we were proposing. So. Uh, Climate change for some, of, for some people is very hard to conceptualise because we're talking 2050, 2100, things in the future. So we uh, made sure that we framed our messaging about things that are sort of tangible to the here and now. So the land, air and water pollution that we can see, uh, the lived experience every day. Um, so yeah, although uh, we are obviously getting reminded of climate change on the regular with these uh, more frequent climate events. We chose to sort of steer clear of that because it, it can be highly politicised and people do get that information elsewhere. Uh, keeping things fun and friendly meant that we created Trash Talk, which is our uh, one-page, one-topic, easy-read newsletter, which uh, we sent out fortnightly. I wrote those. and. Um, we use them to educate, inform, communicate, and celebrate our wins. I think celebrating your wins is a really big deal. No matter how small, celebrate it, really pump it up, and uh, staff will see that and see that we are having an impact and we'll get on board with the bigger ones. And I think having this little newsletter um, really should be credited with keeping the focus on our message over the past five years. So we kept it up really regularly. This is how we educated a lot of staff. Um, and how we didn't just make it hospital-related as well, we made sure that we uh, related it back to sort of home recycling and things like that. As you can see, it's seasonal, and we made that sort of changed up every few months and connected staff with the environment around them. Fun and friendly meant educating through games and also using chocolate bribes. Uh, one of my favourite games 
is called Which Waste Goes Where, which is a terrible name. But um, basically, uh, it's a very visual game, very hands-on, uh, and it generates a lot of debate and discussion. We uh, got together a whole lot of uh, play rubbish, uh, so examples sort of learning uh, rubbish that covered all the waste streams, so breathing tubes, anything you might see. We made up pooey pads and uh, bloody greenies, or whatever you call them, you know, the uh, things that collect blood. Um, we, made, we made all this up in a pack and we would get staff in a room, we'd throw it out, all out on the floor and then we'd get staff to sort through it. We'd have the, the yellow bag, the black bag, the recycling, um, and we sort of gave them five minutes to sort through it all and uh, segregate it. And uh, it was very visual. It generated a lot of discussion, uh, and we used these sessions to correct segregation and go through principles. So, um, fun way to learn chocolates. Uh, there was also there's a we created an online version of this with uh, the A and M in Victoria, which you can find on their uh, Health and Environmental Sustainability webpage. Although it's probably uh, maybe a little bit different because the states, Victoria, New, uh, New South Wales, might have different segregation rules, but um, you can have a look on there their webpage as well. Uh, keeping things fun and friendly and educating, we also went to like Bunnings, Sustainability Victoria, and got a whole lot of uh, prizes donated. Um, one of the girls was uh, part of a seedling club or something like that, so we got a whole lot of like seedlings that people could plant trees, uh, shower timers. Uh, Bunnings gave us a whole lot of sustainability themed uh, water savers, electricity savers, that kind of thing, and they do have uh, a program in place right around the country where you can go to Bunnings and ask for this stuff uh, to be donated. Lastly, we remembered our pleases and thank yous. So I see a lot of uh, frustrated signs around. You probably see them as well with the big capital letters, the exclamation marks, the, the underlining. And this comes across really aggressive. Um, we remembered that please and thank you are still magic words, and we were sure to use a lot of them, uh, especially in our different communication devices like posters and emails. Um, I think staff saw this as a sign of respect, that we were treating them like adults, because sometimes we can go in and sort of tell them off. Uh, and uh, this sign of respect meant that staff were more than happy to jump on board. I had staff tell me that although recycling and waste and sustainability wasn't their thing, uh, they didn't want to let us down because we were so excited about this and because we were so uh, happy and enthusiastic. So they were, they were playing their part. And that's pretty much it. So despite having over 400 staff, we broke it down. We started small and simple and we kept it fun and friendly. It's taken us about four to five years to get to where we are, but we couldn't be more proud of what we've achieved. Uh, not only do we provide intensive care to some of Victoria's sickest patients, but we also provide intensive care for our environment too. Thank you.